Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. I just want to start off this podcast by pointing out that Leslie Margarita just posted a picture on Instagram. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) I know. I know. And you know how I know? Because some kind soul just tagged me in the comments of that to make sure I saw it. Perfect. Thank you. I was going to send it to you. And then I was like, I want to, if she hasn't seen it yet, I want to like surprise her with it on the podcast. Oh, oh, I literally just saw it like 30 seconds ago. Oh, fantastic. Like, it's such right a great picture. It's and so also- cute. It's Julia Murney, uh-huh. Stephanie J. Block, Leslie Margarita. Side Doesn't show. Stephanie look photoshopped into it? Uh, I need to look at it again. Let me look at it. <laughs> I feel like you won't be able to unsee that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. That's really her, funny. Like, now that I am looking at it, it totally does look like she was photoshopped into it. Her lighting oh, is different man. for whatever yeah. reason. And not That's like funny. just her head, it, you can't really see her body at all. So it looks like right. just her head is, is peeking out. Somebody just put her head there. <laughs> oh, man. That's really funny. Yeah, especially also because like because of the way that Leslie is and her the way her hair is, you know, like like Julia looks natural, yeah. so it doesn't look like they're all photoshopped together. It, it does almost look like Stephanie and Leslie were photoshopped into this picture though. Oh yeah, I can see that too. Oh, that's hilarious. Now it'll never look the same to me. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's better this way. That's funny. Well, thank you, Logan, for tagging me in that Instagram to make sure I saw it. Thanks. Oh, that's nice. I do appreciate it when people tag me in things just to make sure I can see them. Absolutely. Well, moving on, we saw a bunch of shows this week. Yeah, we did. Last week we had to record on Saturday because on Sunday we headed all the way out to beautiful Milburn, New Jersey. Paper Mill Playhouse. Mm-hmm. For the, a Christmas story. Yeah, it was exciting. I, I brought my mom because mm-hmm. she's been in New York a couple of weeks and it's like, take me to a show. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that do you sounds- want to see a Christmas story? And she... Didn't know what that was. Sure. Thought that it might be a Christmas Carol musical, but she came because I told her it was really fun uh-huh. and she liked it. She had a good time. Yeah. Did any of the like pop culture references hit after the fact? Did any of it seem familiar mm, to her? Not that we talked about. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she liked it. I mean, yeah. regardless of uh, it being a, a Christmas story, <laughs> uh-huh. it's like a fun, well-put-together musical. Yeah. Well, it was – oh, I guess maybe we talked about this on the train on the way back or maybe my mom and I talked about it. But I do think that both of us had the same type of reaction to it that I don't think I necess- I really had when we first saw it mm-hmm. in that my mom and I were both like, it's really interesting – to look at it from the framing device or like, or the idea that like surrounded around violence and, you know, male obsession with violence and how, you know, the violence that that child sees at home, like with his parents and like his father's, you know, it's all played to be like funny, but like clearly his father is kind of abusive and, all he wants is that gun. And yeah, I don't know. We were talking about guns. <laughs> yeah. You know, relevant topic right now. Is Definitely. Mass. I mean, it made, a lot of it made me think about, I'm like, well, think of, you know, a kid Ralphie's age, because we were talking about it later, like what, he's going to end up in Korea, in the Korean War. And then, you know, that was like what in the 50s so he's maybe gonna have like kids in the 60s and like i just i don't know it's just interesting to think about the roots of what started what the situation that we're living in now 
As well, far they as went like, way back before the 40s. I mean. Right. But I don't know. It just, it made me think about that. Well, it's also an interesting musical because it's, he's telling the story, the character of Gene Shepard is telling the story in like the, the 50s, late, latish 50s, I guess, on the radio about when he was a kid in the 40s and the movie came out in the 80s and this musical came out in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of that like historical context, but then also you have to, you know, if, if my sisters, if any of my sister's kids were there, they would definitely be like, they're using bad words, you know, and then that's a conversation that you have to have with your kids. And they Mm. would probably say the same thing about like the bully scene. Well, you know, it's, it's good to stand up for yourself or whatever, but it's important to do it in the right way. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that bully scene definitely really struck me. Yeah, because the mother does have a line in that scene where she says, one of the kids was like, but it was, you know, Farkas, he's a jerk or whatever. And she's like, it doesn't matter. But then that's that's all that's said about it. Right. And And then because of the violence that they experience at home, she lies for him and spares him from getting in trouble with his father. And not that I think she should have allowed him to, you know, have the dad like beat him or anything to teach him a lesson. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting that she doesn't, you know, Violence is part of their lives and violence begets violence. And yeah. they are, she, even she is like accepting of the violence that happens in her home, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. All wrapped up in a family friendly package. I know, right? Gosh. Well, fucking Elena Shadow was incredible. Oh, she was so good. Oh my gosh. She was so wonderful. She was so wonderful. She looked crazy like. Of Patty Lapone in in like Evita times, you know, like young, like she looked just like a young Patty Lapone. As soon as you said that, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah, just, I know. Just I know. like photoshopped Stephanie J. Block. <laughs> yeah, it was like I only a few minutes into like her first scene, I was like, God, who does she remind me of? Who is it? Who is it? And it, it was something about the wig. I yeah, think that I think that made she it was be like super Patty Lapone, like literally wearing Patty's anything goes wig. Like they just pulled it out of storage. Yeah, that's funny. Ugh. It really made me want to see a show, although Elena Shadow, I don't think belts. I asked Twitter, but nobody told me. <laughs> um, I think she's only a soprano. I want to see a show. <laughs> that's not what I mean. <laughs> I know, you know, I know what I, I mean. Know. I'm just teasing Only because you. I'm trying to... Cast, right, cast her, her as a young, Patty, young Lapone. Patty Lapone, but you can't cast a soprano as a young Patty Lapone. Right. Unless, unless Patty Lapone did all the singing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that would be hilarious. If Elena Shadow is like on stage, like lip syncing, yeah, and yeah. Patty Lapone's off stage ghosting. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't, know how I, that. I don't know how I feel or about that. Or it could be something like, I don't, I just want to see, I just think that. That could happen. Yeah. Or do it in a play. I don't care. These two women look alike. Use it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do it in a play. I wonder what they could... There must are. There must be a play. Or they could be like mother-daughter. I don't care. Yeah, mother-daughter. They could be mother-daughter and then they could both use their own singing voices. Yes, perfect. Somebody do it. Somebody write book that. It. Yes, yeah, let's book yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. You know, it's paper mill, so it was a good production overall. Yeah, you know, it's definitely like like I was telling my mom. I was like, paper mill is a good place to go see shows it, that were recently on Broadway that you missed because it's probably <laughs> going to be the same set. Yeah, and it's going to be a pretty good cast, mm-hmm. and you know, it's pretty much usually the exact same direction. So yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you just get to see it. Yeah, so head on out to A Christmas Story if you have a hankering for some martini restaurant in downtown Mm. Milburn, New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's running through January 3rd. Yeah. And then Tuesday, I went to see 
um, Miguel Angelo, who we've talked about on this podcast. Uh, I wasn't, the way it was described, I didn't know uh, it was sort of a new version of the show that we saw. I thought it was a sim- oh. a, like a similar take or like a similar theme, but it really was like, uh, it was so good. It was tight. The themes were... Uh, like it was like a, he just edited. Yeah, it's like I saw, you know, it's like we saw first workshop or we saw a reading and this was first workshop. Ah, cool. Uh, how was it? Uh. It was really good. It was really good. It was much more focused. I mean, not that it wasn't before, but having right. seen it the second time, the message of his immigrant experience was much more focused. It was the main event and his also a lot to relating to to life in Venezuela and his family. Um sadness, he did not sing the lonely goat herd. Oh, that was one of my favorite but, parts. But I'm so glad that, you know, we still got to see it. <laughs> uh, Which me is too. Yeah, one of the good parts of seeing these works in progress is that we still yeah. got to see that. Um, but yes. he did that crazy bird song where he dressed up like a bird. I don't know if you remember that. He that was still in there. Um, cool. he sang, he just broke into Nesun Dorma, which is, uh, often thought to be one of the most celebrated arias in opera. Uh, I mean, oh. he's just incredible. That's awesome. It's a really, a cool really good show. And obviously even more relevant now than it, than it was when we saw it, which was, oh, re- totally. it was relevant. Um, I mean, it will always be relevant because the United States is a country of immigrants, yeah, but more <laughs> relevant now because there's a lot of racist people making a lot of loud noise about immigrants. Yeah, but it was great. I don't know. I don't know when or if he's going to perform it again. But keep your eyes open for it. It's really, really good. He also did something really, really mean. Mm. He did the whole show, and you know, um, it's great. And everybody was clapping and applauding. And then he was like, "You guys want an encore?" And we're like, "Yeah, we want an encore." And then he very skillfully and sneakily and meanly made us all think that Adele was there. What? Like. You really thought Adele was like, there? Like literally everyone in the room did. I, I feel really dumb. Like. <laughs> but, but I don't know. Tell maybe me, he does he know do her. He how was like. He, he was like, oh, I'm going to sing this really beautiful song. Um, and I don't know, you know, he traveled, you know, he told all these stories about how he lived in all these different places. And he was like, and I have a friend from London. Um, she, she, I asked her if she wanted to do the encore with me and she said, yes. And she just, she's done shows here before. And she actually just sold out Radio City. And the thing is like, again, like I said, I feel stupid now. But sure. I don't know that there was anyone in the room that didn't actually believe him for a second. Okay. And then he was like, you guys are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love him even more. Because everyone like did the, you know, like a sharp intake of like, <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know Adele. You guys are dumb. Oh, my God. And I was so like, I don't know you, Miguel. Funny. You might know Adele. Oh, that's so what a great dude. I love oh. that he did a whole show and then was like, you know what I want to finish this show on? Fucking my audience. Yeah. And I don't even Being know. Like, Fuck you, audience. Like, I don't know when he decided to do that. <laughs> that's amazing. If it was a, like just he came up with it on the spot, which if he did, even more props to him. Because oh, he, so I mean, he had everybody, I can't say everybody, but there was definitely a majority feeling in that room. That Adele was about to come out and sing with him. Oh my god, that's so funny. Ugh, that I'll never forget that time I thought I was going to see Adele live for a second. <laughs> Wait, so did he do an encore by himself though? Yeah, then he did an encore by himself. Did he sing an Adele song at least? No, it was a, a Mexican folk song. I think he that's sang it. Funny. It sounded familiar to me, which means he must have sang it in the other concert because i don't know that many mexican folks <laughs> oh man what a funny dude Ugh, i know i was like i can't believe you just did that to us but at the same time i can't believe we all believed you <laughs> 
Yeah. We're using that at our next show. Okay. <laughs> Done. Well, yeah. Make, so make I, people think that Liza Minnelli is there. Yeah. As I said, <laughs> you know, keep your eyes open for him. He's great. Oh, yeah. Love him. Emily finally got to see her first live musical on NBC. Yes. I'm glad I picked a good one. You did. I mean, yeah, I really. feel like especially after having seen The Wiz, I really don't think you should go back and watch the other two. <laughs> the Wiz was so fucking good. So good. I mean, it, it seems was- like the one thing that everybody still agrees is falling flat, and it was true of the other two, is just the lack of a studio audience. Maybe, be, I, I guess because we were in an audience. Sure. That made it different. I didn't feel that way. Yeah. I mean, because it we just, were applauding all the production numbers. Right. And people were laughing at the laugh lines. But like when you're sitting at home by yourself and the actor is sort of pausing for a second for the laugh line, it's really strange. Ah, uh, okay. Maybe I'll watch it on Hulu again and yeah. see what, and what it's up. I'm not sure, but I think I think Grease Live might actually have an audience. So if that's true, then we'll be able to see what the difference is. Hmm. Aside from the fact that Grease Live is probably going to not be great. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But The Wiz was so good. It was so fucking good. It was so fucking good. Oh, my God. It was so good. I, like, shit myself when we saw Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I want to wear that outfit and that wig. I mean, you sew now, so you could make her that. You could make yourself that outfit. I bet. Listen, the entire time she was wearing that outfit, I was looking at it and being like, "If I get really ambitious for Halloween next year, I could do this. I could do yeah, it. Definitely, I could, I could do it if I set my mind to it. <laughs> Absolutely, set your the mind. Wig to it would right be now. a much harder to procure. But well, I think you could get like a a blonde short haircut wig and then maybe just like spray paint a green streak in it Hmm. possible yeah oh my god but it was so good everything about it was fantastic i loved it all everything was so good all the performances oh my god the fucking costumes the fucking costumes wait there was one thing that wasn't good about it what? But it's not the actual show it's just this goddamn problem where you have People that are used to filming television, filming theater. Right. What they fucking need to do is get all the dudes that film for like Lincoln Center and get them to fucking film it because the camera, it was like, why is the camera changing angles every well, two seconds? There's a dance scene happening. They're not going to film it like Lincoln Center though because they're not filming it like it's on a proscenium stage. I'm not saying that they have to film it like they're filming it at Lincoln Center, but having an understanding that if there is a dance sequence going on, that you don't want to have a shot that's like, let's start, you know, let's do a vertical yeah. fade. Like, what? Why are we seeing like the top of the, the, you know, the top of the digital screens down into the like, no, 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 no. I know. Show they, me the fucking choreography. Don't I, show me your camera work. I had issues with that when I saw, I mean, amongst many, 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 many other issues. Uh, they There were similar issues in um, Love uh, Love Never Dies because it was mm. the same thing. It was filmed on a stage. There was an audience, but I don't think that they were there. You know what I mean? Because the camera was clearly on stage. Right, right. So for some of the parts, and it was a similar thing where they're like, we want to highlight this one movement because it's a beautiful shot, but then also you're missing all the rest of what's happening. Right. It's really annoying. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what the remedy is because I don't mind, I don't mind trying to make it look. Less cuts. Yeah. Less cuts, more steady shots for big dance numbers. Yeah. And don't use any well, of those dumb fucking film shots where you like, you know, pan from the top down. <laughs> oh, I think if I'm remembering it correctly, I'm pretty sure there was like a split screen shot in Peter Pan Live. What? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, the, just all the performances again. 
Oh my god, I can't so even deal with that. Amber Mary Riley, Jade Bly- Mary Hod, oh, Amber Riley, Mary fucking Jade Blige. Every I just I can't, don't even have words. Everybody was so great. Uzo just ascending from on high mm. at the end, looking beautiful and singing beautifully. I mean, this is this is I think the trick for these things because they picked two very traditional story heavy like like protagonist heavy shows for the first mm-hmm. two and not mm. that this one not that Dorothy's not an important part and not that Shanice Williams didn't right kill but it. it's not the same she does that character doesn't carry the show right but she's surrounded by all these fun little characters it's more of an ensemble show and so then you Absolutely. can get Mary J Blige to agree to do something exactly. like this because she just has to do like two, two or three scenes and one right. song right you know as opposed to, and then if it's a little not if it's not that great not that any of these people were but then you don't have a Carrie Underwood situation where you have a great singer, but a first-time actress carrying an entire show. Right. Exactly. God damn it. Why don't we run everything? I mean, but then now it's up to to NBC to pick a similar type show that has all of these, right, right. like an ensemble piece. And I don't know what that show is. Mm. I mean, I'd have to, you know, we'd all have to have a little think tank. The first one I thought of, which is not one I want them to do, but a similar idea is like Godspell. I obviously hate Godspell. <laughs> so that's not what I want them to do. But do you know what I mean? Where like everybody gets yeah, their own yeah. song. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's a hard task. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other things. Because even though... Um, even though they still got social media attention and it and people were still talking about the last two, there was that hate watch element of it. And, right, right. And even though that, you know, all publicity is good publicity, NBC still wants people to like the show. Right. And this, nobody was hate watch. I mean, except right. for like those racist people that don't wow. understand what the whiz is. Yeah. Everybody was love fest watching it. And as I was saying, I think I said last week, like it was a big cross section because all the musical theater people were going for it, but the black community was also watching. So it right. felt to me, although I didn't like participate in any live tweeting, it felt like, I don't know, what were their ratings? Weren't they really amazing? Like more people watch that stuff. They did well. Um, they were really, they were really good. It was, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like the highest watched Thursday on NBC, not counting sports in three years. That's amazing. <laughs> um, it didn't do as well as Sound of Music, uh, but it de- did much, much better than Peter Pan. But Sound of Music was the first one, and it was the highest profile name and also the most well-known of the three musicals. So that makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm just so happy that it did so well and everybody loved it. And now, and now we have Shanice Williams in our lives. Oh, thank you. I can't believe she's only 18. She's great. She was so like on it. She was professional. She didn't seem nervous at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was great. Yeah, she was incredible. She's got the fucking voice. Mm-hmm. Like flawless. Yeah. Mm. So good. God, it was really, really good. Like all the updated jokes were so good. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so funny. Yeah. I'm going to buy the soundtrack. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and it, like, comes out on DVD in, like, a week. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just in time for Christmas. (laughs) There you go. Happy Hanukkah. There you go. Well, a little late. Um, I'm talking about a little late. Isn't tonight the first night of Hanukkah? Yeah. Oh, so I guess if it comes out in a week, you got the eight. I forgot how many days are in a week. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying a little late that I was saying happy Hanukkah and I was confused. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you'll, it comes out right in time for the eighth night. I was just saying happy Hanukkah because today was Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Emily. Oh, thank you. I had a latke for breakfast. Oh, you did? I did because my 
my family had a party tonight, so but there was like too many people coming, and like any Jew who's had a Hanukkah party with latkes knows that when you're making latkes, you're making them in like batches and in rounds, and you can't all eat together. You eat in like you know, here's four latkes. Who wants them? Right. Um, and since there were so many people, they decided to cook a bunch of latkes in the morning and freeze them, and then reheat them later. Oh. So I got to eat one of the test latkes this morning before I went to work. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. It was delicious. And my roommate had a lot had a latke for the first latkes. time. Well you should come I mean, over they're sometime. just de- like delicious little hash brown pancakes. Kind of. What do you put on your latkes? I've only had real latkes once and I was at a I think Ukrainian restaurant. So I uh, oh. put sour cream on them, as I think you're Good. supposed to. Yes, sour cream or applesauce. When I was a kid, I used to put ketchup on them, though, because I was like, fuck you, these are hash browns. <laughs> and they were like, blasphemy. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I was going to say, they're going to re-air The Wiz on the 19th. Also, oh, if you cool. missed it or if you want to watch it again. It's also on Hulu. It's so good. Maybe I'll watch it again. It's fucking incredible. I just, I'm so happy that it was so good that it happened. Like, and now I just imagine like, yeah, like people are going to be watching this DVD for ever, forever. I know. Uh, I hope it sort of becomes like, like, because of the air sound of music around Christmas time, there's like a weird sound of music association with Christmas. Uh, like the actual Julie Andrews movie. I want this to have a weird association with, with like December. So I just think it's really funny if like everybody is just like, it's December time to watch the whiz. That'd be great. (laughs) Let's do it. Sure. Why the fuck not? Ugh. This is sort of off topic, but it's on topic. I mean, it's not on topic for the whiz. I'm moving on from the whiz. Move on. Um, This is sort of on topic to Patty and Emily because Carrie Fisher was on Broadway once. Oh, Um, yeah. But I don't know. Have you seen that interview that Carrie Fisher did on Good Morning America the other day? Uh, I've seen it passed around, but I have not watched it. Patty Devery. And everyone else out there fucking watch this interview because it's the best thing ever. Carrie Fisher was interviewed by, like, I don't know who she is, a blonde, beautiful, skinny woman on the Today Show. And she, first of all, brought her French bulldog who Gary is sitting in, a, yep, sitting in a chair next to her. And when they start, when they're like, hi, we're back and with Carrie Fisher and her dog. And why did you bring your dog here today? And she was like, because his tongue is like sticking out. And she was like, his tongue matches my sweater. (laughs) Sure. It's fucking wonderful. Definitely watch it. Everybody watch it. It was like the most amazing interview. Carrie Fisher is exactly who I want to be when I grow up and I worship everything she does. She's so, she, she, no fucks does this woman give. None. You couldn't force her to give any fucks. She's like, fuck you. I'm bringing my dog on air and you better get a goddamn director chair for my dog. (laughs) Like she and her dog were sitting in director's chairs. That's great. I hope that had their names on them. I didn't. Rude. Um, also, Gary fell asleep halfway through the interview. Perfect. Fucking amazing. Just everything about it was fucking perfect. You have to watch I it. I mean, I can imagine. She's she's an awesome lady. Oh, my God. And it's so funny. Wishful drinking was so, so good. Oh, so good. Have you read any of her fiction books? And by fiction, I mean quote, unquote, fiction. No. You should read Postcards from the Edge. Patty. I haven't seen that movie either. Read the book and then we'll watch the movie. Meryl Streep is in it. Yeah, no, I mean, I know about it. Oh, my God. They're so good. It's one of my favorite books ever. Hmm. Oh, Debbie Reynolds, you crazy, crazy bitch. Debbie Reynolds. This was the other thought I had today because I watched that. My roommate, Shady, was like, watch this. Oh, my God. Carrie Fisher is amazing. So we watched it. And then Shady was like, why can't Carrie Fisher adopt us? And I was like, I don't know. That would be amazing. Also, because if Carrie Fisher adopted us, then we would also get to hang out with Debbie Reynolds. And then I was like, why hasn't anybody made them do a reality show together? 
I'm sure they were approached. I feel I'm like I'm sure they were approached and said no, but I want that to happen. I want like like what if not even like, you know, something like Joan Rivers documentary or uh, a TV show with her daughter with Melissa was like they were like living together and stuff and I feel like that would be like too much also because we all know that Carrie Fisher struggles has struggles God, I can't talk. Struggles with mental illness. Right. So like you don't want to put her in a bad situation. Right. That could be triggering. But like what if what if it was just like a road trip? Yeah, or even just put them on stage together and let them fly. Oh god, I just want to be a fly on a wall in a room with them mm-hmm. talking, having a conversation about anything. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I hope that I hope that when although from everything that I know and have read from Carrie Fisher, I mean, I think her relationship with her mother is complicated, but mostly like loving. Yeah. I do hope that when Debbie Reynolds dies, that Carrie maybe publishes another book that's a little more explicit about her relationship with her mother, because I don't think she would ever do that while they're, while she's still alive. Oh, yeah. But I would love to read that oh, book. Oh, me too. Oh, my God. I'm excited about Star Wars. I'm excited too. I think it's going to be good. Me too. They should like re- revive via Galactica. Like, uh, huh? But like, I don't know, have George Lucas redo it. Not that it's a Star Wars musical now, but like, you know. Just to get sell those tickets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Also, I want to see via Galactica. Me too. I mean, who doesn't? <sighs> Maybe that theater in Astoria that does weird shows <gasps> yes. will do it. They did Rockabye Hamlet, and I saw that. Amazing. It was it was complete and utter nonsense. Oh, I love a complete and utter nonsense show. <laughs> well, we saw one more show that wasn't complete and utter nonsense. We saw Gigantic. Yep. <laughs> I didn't hate it no. as much as that yup implied. Right. I actually found many parts of it to be very enjoyable. The cast was really great. And it's one of those oh, situations where it's hard to tell how much is the written joke and how much is the delivery. But in the end, those are the parts that we laughed at. Right. Well, I think... What I said to you kind of best sums up how I feel about this show in that, well, okay, to start off, the writers are all white gay men, who most of whom are skinny. One person on the creative team from Google Images looks like they are not like a skinny person, but when you're writing a show like that, it makes sense that it would be written by people who had those experiences. Well, and to be fair, we don't know what their life experiences were. True, but true. But if, if they did deal with these issues, it didn't necessarily seem like it was coming out on stage. No way. No, yeah, it was just like, it was really disjointed because, you know, I think it was like trying to have fun, but then also sort of at the end kind of like wanting to put out a good message but like doing it in a weird way and then like some characters were really well drawn and other characters weren't drawn at all and then other characters were parodies and it was like really all over the place yeah and just really sorry (laughs) what i was gonna say was my like final thought that i said to you after the show which i think holds true is that the people that wrote it are the type of people that you want to, like, be book doctors, but not write a whole show. Right. Right. Because or they need a book doctor. I mean, it's not, I guess it's not fair to say that you guys didn't write the show that I wanted to see. <laughs> sure. But I sure. feel that way where, like, I, I knew it was going to be funny and I'm glad, but I wanted to see a show about kids dealing with being at fat camp. And that's not really what it was about. Right. That was a very small part of it. It was mostly, I don't, I mean, there was like a a weird 80s movie plot about a rival cheerleading camp Mm. that fit into other things, but it didn't serve the overall 
idea, I think, of what the play was trying to say. They didn't, those characters right. didn't need to be there. They didn't need to use that story to get to the message right. that they were trying to say. I, I feel like that description of it as like wacky 80s fun movie is kind of like what was happening. Right. That's what it felt. But not, I mean, it wasn't a good musical. Right. Just like, ugh, like, I just keep on thinking about the scene where the two, you know, main romance characters, I forget all their names, were like where they meet and they have what I personally would have characterized as like not even a pleasant conversation. From my perspective, if I was watching that scene, he was being a total fucking asshole and she was consistently telling him to fuck off in that scene. And then like two scenes later, it was like, shut up, do you like him? And she was like, shut up, no, maybe, I don't know. And I'm like, you have not, I mean... Like, kind of in, like, a, I don't know, it's the same thing of, like, the guy treats you like crap, it means he likes you. It's just, ah. Right. Right. <sighs> and there wasn't. But I don't understand why she, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, whatever, low self-esteem or something, and that's what it's all, I didn't like it. I don't know, well, my thoughts are complicated. Well, right, but then those motivations could have been explored. Right. And it, I'm not saying it, it doesn't have to be, like, a. A dramatic musical. I just wanted it to be mm-hmm. a little deeper. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it, I just, the characterization was so frustrating because I felt like like some of the characters, like, okay, Leslie Kritzer's character, what's her name? Sandy, I think? Yeah, that's right. You did um, it. I did it. <laughs> she, I mean, that character was so fucking well written and obviously incredibly well played. Like, she fucking hilarious. You totally like get who her character is, what yeah. she's all about. Like, she was very well defined, her motives, those her and Burke Moses' character both, like, you understood them and their background. Yeah. And she also got to like have a shit ton of fun and like do some crazy shit that I don't want to spoil, but it's amazing and she's amazing and she's like she, she did like a death drop at one point. I'm just uh, saying, you guys, like she's incredible. Well, but then you had like Ryan Redmond's character who we knew nothing about at all. She had zero personality to work with. At, like she was just like a girl who went to fat camp who wants to be skinny. Yeah, she was the that's character. All, that's literally all we knew about that her. was there to act, who actually wanted to be there, right? And I felt like there was like I don't know. I thought that Ryan Redmond's character was going to be like the quote unquote main character, and then her love interest character seemed to be like more of the main character, and I don't know. Yeah, and it was more of an ensemble. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there could have not been a main character, and I said this at intermission. Yeah. I think it was at intermission. Um, but where it's not that I'm against a romance story, especially about right, kids at right. camp, because, you know, that's right. going to happen. Oh, come on. Especially kids at a fat camp who may or may not be comfortable doing anything with anyone, and then they find themselves, mm-hmm. which sort of was addressed in this show, but again, not as much as I would have wanted it to. Uh, now mm-hmm. they're like, everybody's fat. <laughs> right. Let's all do well, each other. And also, like, the sex issue was problematic to me too because in the scene when he the main character with you know ryan redmond's character was like he's like let's have sex and she's like what with me no way and it and like then the entire conversation about them engaging in sex was him being like yeah of course i want to have sex with you like you're you know beautiful and i'm fat and you're fat and like let's have sex and not anything about like it's like wait girl like are you sure you want to have sex? Is sex what you actually want? You're just, you mostly just seem like surprised that he wants to have sex with you. And that has nothing to do with your own want or need for sex right now. I don't know. I just did the super sex positive play over the last year. So yeah, I wanted that conversation to be a lot different, Mm -hmm. but I understand that those characters aren't going to necessarily have a healthy conversation about sex, but it still bothers me. Sure. And, like, what the angle is going to be in their conversation at the beginning. Right. It's going to be like, I never thought that, I don't know, coming to fat camp, I didn't think about the fact that everybody else would be fat and maybe I could have sex with someone. Right. Well, and because it's also revealed earlier in the show that she's a virgin and the fact that she 
was uh, she was a virgin and like one of the other characters was like hey girl like let's go get crazy and she was like that's not what i'm here for i'm not interested in sex like i want to lose weight right but then as when he's like i want to have sex with you she's just like all right, I'll lose my virginity for that. But not it's not even necessarily that that's what she was saying. It was that she wasn't saying anything, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't actually know how she felt in that scene besides her being like, what? Oh, my God, no way. I'm a hideous monster. You want to have sex with me? I didn't really get that far of a feeling from it that you are describing right now, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, it did, it did the musical theater thing of, like you said, going from, they seem to hate each other to now they like each other. Uh, and the timeline was very confusing because it was like the beginning of the summer. And then all of a sudden they were at color war and it was August. I mean, there was, there was a lot of time in there where she, I would, wouldn't be surprised that part of, not her motive, but that she would go from being like, I'm only here to lose weight to, oh, here's an aspect of this camp that I didn't think would present itself to me. Mm. I'm interested in it. Right. Well, the interesting thing about doing anything surrounding summer camp is that like the passage of time at summer camp is very, very different than the passage of time in the rest of the world. Right. Like, camp time is 20 times longer than real time. Every day is like a week. And every day has like a week's worth of events and drama and like, you know, gossip and like shit going on. So, I don't know. I I, I want to say like, oh, most camp things should be confined to short periods of time. Because there's already so much you can explore in a short period of time. And it seemed like they were all there for all summer. There weren't like sessions or... Which which is maybe how a weight loss camp works because what are you going to do in two weeks? I don't know. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not sure. You know, I... Well, I never went to any camp. And we were talking about Mm. that too where like this is the kind of show I feel like I would write if I were writing a show about camp because I only know what it's like to go to camp for movies and TV. Right, right. And And I, as a person that went to summer camp and worked at summer camps, it's not at all... It didn't feel, you know, I don't know. It didn't feel super authentic. Yeah. (laughs) And I hate saying that, but, like, more so, like, what you said when we were seeing it. Oh, the thing about... I mean, A, obviously the characters are supposed to be teenagers. The actors are in their late 20s, early 30s, most of them. And having the people that wrote it are also not young, like teenage young. And like the way that teenagers talk, it was like an imitation you know, of like, this is, I, I am, I am familiar with the internet and I believe that this is how teenagers talk and this is what they write. And it didn't, it didn't roll off the tongue. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, all that sort of critiquing aside, I'm so happy that I got to see all those people on stage in a musical. Well, like, obviously. I mean, everybody was fucking incredible. Everybody could fucking wail, blow the roof off. It was insane. Yeah. And all of them should be cast in all the musicals all the time, not about fat people. I concur. And really, I kind of feel like there's enough good elements in this show that really what I think it needs is, like, a a great script doctor. And what they need to do is sit down and look at all the pieces they have and just figure out which pieces really need to go focus in on the stuff that works and that's good. And like, you know, they need, they sort of need to do that thing where you completely take the entire show apart and rewrite it and put it back together. And I think it has a lot of potential, but maybe just because of the fact that it was already at Nymph a couple of years ago and it was now it's at the vineyard i think i was hoping that it was going to be further along in its development and personally i feel like it needs several more workshops and productions to become a great show yeah it still sort of felt like a a work in progress yeah yeah definitely i mean it has potential absolutely and as is, if you want, uh, who knows if this would survive our suggested teardown um, rebuild, but there is a crazy moment in the second act 
that involves Leslie Kritzer that I will not spoil for you. But I didn't know what was happening, but it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough moment because you're like, I don't know why that was there, what the purpose was really, what that served for this show, but fuck, it was my favorite thing that happened. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was great. God bless Leslie Kritzer because she's a fucking genius. She's so good. Everything she did. Everything she does. She's a fucking pro. And the audience was all about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The audience fucking worshipped her because she was a queen. Yeah. So good. Well, it's mm-hmm. running at – it's at Theater Row. It's a vineyard production, but it's at Theater Row, and it's running through the 20th of December right now. Go check it out. Some of the theater stories of the week. I forgot to bring this up, but – um last time but we have some theaters that are getting upgraded and last week it was announced that the palace theater is going to be jacked up 30 feet in the air i do not understand how that works that what i know they're gonna put stores underneath it and the entrance i believe when you say stores though what do you mean i mean like storefronts like a radio well, shack. Like, oh, 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 okay, 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 okay. They're, so they're basically putting, the theater is going to be on like the second floor? Yeah. How does that fucking work? Magic? Listen, somebody, oh my God, I just don't understand how that fucking is possible. But I guess also because the first time you described it to me, I didn't understand. And at first I thought... I don't know. You said the word mall and I was confused and thought there was going to be a mall in the basement. And then I thought you were saying that there was going to be a gift shop just for the theater. But you mean they're literally going to put it up like a whole fucking floor and put like Like a gap. I mean, not because there's uh, already one there, but yeah, something like that. I think, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be basement, like maybe there'll be two floors because I think there's going to be shopping at the street level and the basement level. But I don't know if that How means that they'll just be two floor stores. Possible? Like the Forever 21 or what? How is that possible? How do you raise a hundred year old building and put it on the second floor? I don't know. How does that work? Carefully. How? I am, like, so baffled by this shit. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I was listening to The Ensemblist, did an interview with Allie Stroker, who is the actress in a wheelchair in Spring Awakening, and she was talking about all the logistics they had to go through when they were talking about transferring and what theater it was going to be at and whether she would be able to even do it, you know? And mm-hmm. most of those theaters were built about 100 years ago, so that's not feasible. And that's the first thing I thought of when I heard this, was that to get into the Palace Theater, at least uh, down to the dressing rooms, you walk in and you go downstairs immediately. Mm-hmm. So if this makes it able for us to have a lot of well, differently able people my in shows... second question is, is that something that they're going to be doing when they're doing this? I mean, they're they're putting elevators in. I don't know if that also means to be specifically accessible. But I feel like depending on what the laws are, that if you're doing this kind of work, they may or may not have to comply with those right, laws. Right. Well, yeah, because, like, the American Disabilities Act is, like, listen, stuff that was already built already built. But depending on the structure, you do have to, like, right. update it. But anything that's new has to be built accessible. Right. So I'm curious. Oh, my God. I just like my brain has a hard time wrapping itself around the idea that a big building could be moved. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I don't understand. (laughs) I think the entrance to the theater is going to be on 47th Street, like where the stage door is. I don't get any of it. It's so confusing. I need to, like, watch it happen. (laughs) 
And I'll be like, what? We could do that. <laughs> probably. I just feel like in my brain, I'm like, wouldn't the whole thing just collapse? I don't understand. How is that possible? How can you move the whole building? I mean. Like something that big. I understand when they like are like, we're going to move this old house. I mean, I still don't understand it, but I kind of understand it because it's a house. But like a theater, a hundred year old theater. I'm sorry. We can move on. I'm just fascinated. <laughs> well, a little less confusing is the Helen Hayes is also getting refurbished. Woohoo! Which we said it needed. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. The only uh, thumbs down thing for me is that they're getting an LED marquee. No, no. I know. Another one. I hate them. God, another fallen. They're the marquee. worst. <laughs> oh, RIP. Oh my God. I know. They're all gonna. I mean, I'm just savoring the days before they all. I know. Are like I that. mean, it's a. It is also like a historically protected building, so they can only do so much to the outside. So, mm. yeah, unacceptable. Well, we have uh, some good news. Waitress has announced a f- their female choreographer, which makes them. The first musical on Broadway to have an all-female creative team. Yay! Exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's definitely, I think some people have had some mixed feelings because it's one of those moments where you're like, oh my god, that's so exciting. Wait, what? Yeah, I know. Well, but and again... I think it. I think it just goes to show people that... I think a lot of people think things are a lot better than they actually are. Absolutely. And I think... And this is a wake-up call. Well, and and not to diminish the importance of this, but then you also just look at the rest of the tech team and still realize Mm. that on the technical side, women are even farther behind. Abso-fucking-lutely. Abso-fucking-lutely. It's insane. So that's still an area that we need to grow even further in, but this is obviously a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see Waitress. Me too. What's that happening? Um, next next year. <laughs> no. Like the springtime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not next season. Oh, okay, this okay, season. Okay, okay, This season, just yeah. in the spring. That's fine. I can wait that long. I That's didn't fine. have the link ready, but the choreographer's name is Lauren Lataro. I just didn't want to, like, call her female choreographer. <laughs> <laughs> You're sexist. Women have names. Yeah, Betty. Crocker. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Especially, yeah. but I mean, I guess it's not surprising that it's a, sh- a show like Waitress, but it's good too that it's like a, I'm assuming, what's going to be like a really great female empowerment musical. Mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. More good news. Allegiance is getting a cast recording. <gasps> Thank the Lord. I know. For Leah Salonga's voice. Leia Salonga's voice, Tyler Leung's voice. I'm so excited. Uh, it's going to be so good. Also, like, that helps That helps with licensing. So that means oh, hell yeah. more people are going to do this show. Out of that thing. And more people are going to tell this story. Yeah. As they should. It's awesome. There's also, like, a random, they randomly announced a movie version of Lacusa's Hello Again. Oh my god! Wait, I I like I feel like I vaguely heard something about this, but like a really long time because all oh, I can so, think is that when I saw this announcement, I was like, I feel like I knew that, but oh my god, what? Right. So maybe it's not out of nowhere, but I just didn't know about it. That's funny. I mean, I can't remember. All I can remember is that I was like, I'm so excited, but I feel like this is one of those things that I forgot about. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't excited, know the show at all. So. Ooh, I kind of know it. I have listened to the cast recording and I have a copy of the script. So I've like listened and and read the script through. Hmm. Um, oh, I'm seeing. Yeah, it's an interesting structure because it's basically like each scene only has two people and everyone's connected by sex. 
So it's like, you know, there's a scene with like a nurse and a soldier. And then like in the next scene, it's like the nurse and like some other person, you know. So everybody's like connected that way. Oh. Carly Carmelo and Donna Murphy were in the original well, production. Well, well, well. That's why you and- listen to it. Uh-huh, that's why I listen to it. Um and I guess I guess for today times, I don't know. I I think when the show came out like like there's a gay male relationship in it and I'm sure that was scandalous or whatever it was off Broadway yeah. theater, I don't know. But I I guess I am sort of like what about some lesbians? Mm. What about some lesbians? What about them? Yeah. Next time, hello, one one more time. <laughs> well, the s- reported stars are, so far, Jenna Urshkowitz from Glee and also Spring Awakening, Audra, mm. Martha Plimpton, T.R. Knight, and Rumor Willis. Whoa, well, Rumor Willis? You know, Broadway's Rumor Willis. Okay. <laughs> So I don't know. Replace her with Anna Kendrick. Oh. How about just Anna Kendrick doing all the part? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I see that. Well, I can't wait. I'm excited. I've never seen it. um, So I'm excited to, you know. Oh, it's going to be like when I saw the Phantom movie, never having seen Phantom. Uh, you know what I really want to fucking see? Where's the Lucky Stiff movie? Where is the why Lucky Stiff movie? Why Why can't I see the Lucky Stiff movie? Because I know it was like in some theaters. I don't actually think it got a release. It did some festivals and it was picked up, but I don't know. Hmm. They haven't actually. For some reason, I feel like when I was in Seattle, I was like, oh my God, if I was in New York right now, I could go see it. Oh. Well, where was I? I don't know, dude. Let me. I'm just going to look. Lucky hmm. Stiff movie. I fucking love Lucky Stiff. That's crazy. I don't remember it. I don't know. Fuck you, Variety.com and your fucking ads. Oh. Oh, and your fucking ads. That's not what I thought oh, you said. so annoying. It's like the thing where it loads the page and you're like, oh, here's the title of the ad. And then the entire page become an, hmm. becomes an ad. And then it's like, you'll see this article in 10 seconds. Ugh. I, f- I think I just found the same article you did. It it was released on Ju- in July. I don't, know where, I don't know. I was busy sleeping or something. And on video on demand. I'm sure it seems like the kind of nonsense musical that or movie that they would put on Netflix. That someone who doesn't <laughs> want to see it would be like, what is this on Netflix? Why don't you Why? have Jurassic World? You know what I mean? <sighs> I mean, why don't you have Jurassic World? Um, but I want to see it right now. I don't think you can see it right now. <sighs> I want to see it. I feel like I've been waiting so long oh, for this. Oh, I know. And also, because we heard about it and we're like, what? Yeah. Why is it not available? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you could find it somewhere on the internet. You know, you'd think that, but some stuff is actually impossible to find on the internet. Mm. Well, and also, I guess that's a small one that we really, really want to support in the right way. Right, right. Well, and also, like, this, you know, there's several... God, what, like, I wanted to watch, like, Lisa Ling, Our America. Right. And I have been completely unable to fucking watch Lisa Ling's Our America on the internet. It's impossible. Hmm. I just have to fucking wait for it to come out on Netflix. Right. Bullshit. CNN. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm excited about Lucky Stiff when mm. I finally get to Me see too. it. Me too. I forgot it happened until we're talking I about it right now. I fucking love Lucky Stiff. It's such a fucking good fucking show. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something else to make you say fuck, Emily. Les Mis is closing. Aw. <laughs> but not till next September. Why bother announcing that? I don't know. I do not understand. Uh, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay, lame is. Bye. <laughs> make, make room for Miss Saigon. Oh. I mean, that's probably why it's closing. Its numbers are probably okay, and they don't want it competing with Miss Saigon. Is that a thing? Why would it be competing with Miss Saigon? Just because they're both from the 80s? They're 
written by the same people and produced by the same person. Yeah, but they seem like they're completely different shows. No, they are, but I'm saying if ticket sales don't seem like they're going to be great for Les Mis, they may as well close it and hope that all those people go see Miss Saigon. Okay, I guess. I don't mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like a good business business idea if if it seems like the tickets like aren't still selling 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 yeah i mean i guess i just don't there's such different shows to me that i'm like i don't i feel like lots of people would like both of them but i don't know whatever i'm wrong <laughs> bye bye lame is next year welcome miss saigon can't wait sort of hope it's not super racist yeah, yeah. Well, that's all. So many thoughts. That's all we have. Oh. Well, we're seeing some good stuff this coming week. That's true. We're seeing School of Rock and Once Upon a oh, Mattress. You know what else I did this past What week? did you do? Sorry. That's all right. I took my mom to see Ripcord. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my mom loved it. Who wouldn't? She thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's such a fucking good show. It closed today. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You know what we can talk about? What? Holland Taylor and Sarah Paulson being lesbian lovers. Holland Taylor and Sarah Paulson, who we saw um, fu- uh, fun home with. <laughs> yes. God, I just love. I love that they're out, and I love that they're together, mm. and I love that they love each other so much, and I love how they tweet each other, and I love everything about it, and it's wonderful. Sarah Paulson was at Ripcord today. She like tweeted. She like tweeted and was Aww. like, "Seeing Ripcord last one like with the most amazing actress in the entire world, Holland Taylor." Aww, that's they're just sweet. like the best. They're so fucking cute. They really are. Oh, I love it. I love it. But yeah, my mom loved Ripcord. It was great. We had a good time. That's good. God, I fucking loved that play. It was so fucking funny. Anyway, next week we're seeing School of Rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, Once Upon a Mattress with Jackie Hoffman. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Did you see what she tweeted today or yesterday? No. She was like, we're opening this week or some or, or Maybe not opening. I don't know. But she was like, what a great time to have shingles on your face. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, like, Jenny no. Hoffman, I fucking love you. Didn't you see all you. those scary ads about how shingles are going to kill us all? What? There's like local, you know, uh, TV ads. Well, you stopped watching commercials a long time ago. Long you don't watch ago. live TV ever, even when you had cable. But I still watch yeah. live TV. And since I work mostly from home, I watch a lot of daytime TV geared towards old people. And if you <laughs> didn't know, Shingles is going to kill us all. Like old people? I thought I mean, Shingles were just like a really bad rash. No, no. Well, Shingles is what you get, what you can get. It comes from the chickenpox virus. So oh. if you like didn't have chicken pox as a kid, and even if you did have chicken pox as a kid, it can oh, hit you, you as, as shingles. Yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I feel like I haven't seen one in a long time. So maybe they got the shingles epidemic under control. <laughs> I don't know. Stay safe, Jackie Hoffman. Maybe I wouldn't have thought this was so funny. If I knew how serious shingles were, <laughs> I thought that shingles were like, I, maybe I just thought shingles were like hives. Nope. They're two different things. Oh, God. Well done, American public school education. <laughs> Carolee, 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 update. Carolee Carmelo has just been slowly but steadily upping her dub She's smash obsessed. game. She's obsessed. Did you watch the one with her and all the kids? Mm, I don't know. Did I? Where she's like, she does one no, a fucking no. great one with all the kids, and they're like completely hit. It's great. Oh, I'll have to watch it. I just love her. I'm so excited about Talk About Lasting. I just feel like we're getting so close. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. It feels like it's just it edging is. ever closer. Anyway, Carolee. God damn, I love Carolee Carmel. Mm. That's all. She's just wonderful. She really, really is. I mean... We'll never never. stop doing these updates. Because even if there's nothing to update you on, you just... 
need we just to, have be to reminded remind you of the gloriousness that is Carolee mm-hmm. Carmella. Mm-hmm. Carolee. There is there is a Broadway.com video that she's in that a little, many people have sent to me being like, oh my God, you have to watch this. And I haven't watched it yet because I hate Broadway.com. And I think I'll yeah. probably eventually watch it. But so far I haven't clicked the link because yeah. I hate Broadway.com. And I don't no want to give them any Jose. clicks. No clicks, no ad <laughs> revenue. What if Carolee does... Uh, Finding Neverland vlog. I mean, a Tuck Everlasting vlog. I probably will watch it. <laughs> well, she yeah. probably won't, though. She probably won't They'll because, have... like, she did one for Scandalous, which, A, you still owe me two videos because the show closed early and she didn't do all of her videos. She was supposed to do eight, mm. and I think she only did six. Maybe mm. even, maybe she only did five. I don't remember. Um, That's bullshit. And then when she was doing Finding Right, she Neverland. wanted it, yep, and they gave the it to... <laughs> She she publicly was like, I want to do one again. And they were like, no. So, like, fuck They'll you, probably want Andrew Kinn and Bolger to do it. But he might be too busy. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like Andrew doing those Broadway.com videos would be really strange for Andrew because he is already does kind of stuff. Not stuff like that, but, like, he does lots of video work and like he makes those you know summer montage video photo Mm -hmm. album scrapbook things it just seems like a strange format for him films (laughs) make carolee 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 now it's time for the laura benanti tweet of the week Laura Benanti tweeted on November 29th at 9.03 p.m. Sometimes I think about some of the stupid slash horrible things I did in my 20s, and I literally say, no, 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 nope, out loud to myself. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I want to know what you were thinking about. You know what What I think is funny? And I feel like the things that we would think that nope to are vastly different from what like that tweet a implies and B maybe what is true where you're like, Oh, those stupid things I did in my twenties. And you're like, yeah, when I gave Stephanie J block a present for her birthday, like that's the thing that you're like, yeah. No, yeah. No, and I'm no. like, I don't know. Well, what what, what was well, nothing? I'm trying to think of something. Cause I don't even know that I would necessarily, that I really feel well, about now, that. You know. I don't feel that way about that incident now. And I have a hard time also thinking of something, but I think the things that I come to mind in that context are like, like that I cringe are times when I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something. I don't know. I would have to go way back and go back to like when I was like eight years old and in an acting class and doing some like improv and I was having a fight with my scene partner and we were supposed to be on a date and he told the waiter to bring me a Shirley Temple and I was eight years old and I thought that that was an alcoholic beverage because I was not allowed soda as a child. Mm. Um, so I had no fucking idea what a Shirley Temple was. And so I was like, I can't drink alcohol. It was really embarrassing. Uh, I just thought of one that also goes back uh, and it's relevant to this podcast because I remember saying I was in fifth grade and saying to my fifth grade male teacher, he, oh, I was doing something and I was like, look at me. And he was like, you're Sandra D or something. And I was like, yeah. And I'm a virgin too. <laughs> and then I was like, why did I just say that? That's funny. <laughs> and I still think about that. That's hilarious. That's really funny. I feel you, Laura Benanti. Yeah, girl. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go go see live theater. theater.